Hello, everybody. Hello, world. Welcome to another episode of Mr. Speaker Speaks. You know, it's the show that educates, stimulates, and rejuvenates your mind. You know how we do it. Interactive dialogue. Deep, candid, stimulating conversations. It's here where people get to share their stories to help inspire and motivate others. And it's also the show where the guest gets to speak. You can learn more about me at vincenttedwards.com. Want to grow personally, professionally? Join the online community at vincentondemand.com. You know, life is all about purpose, and it's there where you can find things to help you pivot into your purpose with power and precision. Today, I have the pleasure, the unique pleasure of talking with someone who is inspirational, motivational, inspiring, and a whole lot of other things. My guest today on Mr. Speaker Speaks is Samantha Vance, and we're going to have a great conversation, and she's going to share with us how she does it, how she inspires and motivates the world and balances life and all of the things that she does. Like always, Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for this day, this opportunity to come once again to help one another, to share with one another so that we can understand how iron sharpens iron. Father, we just want your presence to always be here. Be in the midst, lead and guide the conversation that it may be beneficial so that those who hear what we discuss today will be changed in some way, some fashion or form for the better so that they can help others improve their lives. Lord, as always, the guests that you allow me to interview, I ask that your hand be upon them. God, this day, open doors for Samantha. Continue to have your blessings be upon her. Show her favor. And I pray, O oh Lord God, that she can continue to do all that she needs to do. Provide the resources and all that she needs. Show her this day that she is operating in what you've called her to do. And Lord, we will forever give you all the praise and all the glory. In your son Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Our inspirational passage of scripture today comes from the book of Ruth. Ruth. Chapter 1, and I'll read verses 16 and 17. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if Ought, but death part thee and me. It's a powerful conversation there that was going on between Ruth and Naomi. A choice was made, and we know that life is all about choices. Samantha, how are you doing today? Yes, I am inspired. Thank you. I'm doing well. No complaints. No complaints. And if you had something to complain about, would you? I would not. I would do something about it. 
And if I couldn't do anything about it, I would pray and cry myself to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Cry yourself to sleep. You know, my guest today, Samantha Vance, is one who is described as someone that is bold and passionate and dedicated. She loves to serve others. She loves to help young women. She has a background in fundraising, you know, raising that money. I had someone to tell me, you know, you can always have a plan, but the biggest part of that plan is how to get it financed. Um, She just loves helping people. And I'm going to stop right there. And I'm going to open with this question, Samantha. What does the word impact mean to you? That is a good question. Um, Impact is the word that is behind my brand, Uh, my companies. uh, Impact Core Group is my company that is a parent company of Impact Consulting, where I do small business and nonprofit consulting. And actually, uh, I now have an international uh, company client, so it's no longer just small businesses. Uh, and also impact mentoring, where I mentor women and girls uh, as a certified uh, resilience coach. I am also uh, running impact speaking, where I do motivational speaking uh, and trainings. And then there's impact apparel, uh, impactapparelnow.com, where I have uh, impactful messages on apparel that not only make a difference when you wear them, but making a difference in the community by helping and supporting women and girls. So the word impact is huge for me. Um, actually, if you follow me on social media, you'll see that my handle is at Samantha Impacts uh, because making an impact is a big thing uh, for me. Sometimes people make an impact in a negative way. And sometimes people make an impact in a positive way. Most of the time we're referring to impact as a positive thing. It's an impression. It's an influence. It's a significance. uh, Something that is a huge thing that's being done for or to someone or something. You're making an impact. It's a big deal. So impact to me it's just that it's a big deal. And I try to use that in the most positive way in everything that I do from business to nonprofit uh, sectors to uh, the speaking and coaching that I do all the way down to uh, not down in the, in a way of uh, being low on the totem pole, but just down the list of um, things that, that are being done down, down to relationships, friendships, uh, relationship with God, relationship with family, friends, and and colleagues. So impact is huge for me all the way around. I'm glad you asked that question. When you look at your life from your humble beginnings to where you are now, you've been allowed to establish so many relationships, mm-hmm. be a part of so many people's lives. When you look at your life, who has had the greatest impact on you becoming who you are today and why? 
a who would be a being, a supreme being, uh, the head of my life, and not just because it sounds good, but because it is real, uh, and that is God. I've always, since age of 19, had a relationship with the Lord, gave my life to the Lord then, and uh, I know that there are many people in my life from from being in the womb and my mother's room to to now that have been very impactful. Uh, but a lot of the things that I had to face in life, uh, I could not have gotten through without God. A lot of the things that I've accomplished, a lot of the things that I've accomplished. Uh, and I know people say that all the time, but I am a, I am a learner and I'm an observer. And I always notice things when things happen. I, I wonder, I think, I ponder how, why, what, when, where, how did that happen? And there are certain things that happen and that have happened to me a lot over the years. And I know for a fact that it was God. It was either things that I said to no one that came to pass or happened through someone else or someone has come to me before and said, God told me that, that I, and I'm like, oh, he must have because I didn't say anything to anybody else. Is there but one God, instance one that you can share um, to give us a, a, an example? Like there was something recent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like a business thing too. One of the bizarre situations, but um, definitely real. I was, uh, the SBA had offered funding for small businesses so I was applying for that for my consulting business, and I had such difficulty in the process. Now, in other processes, it was easy, but when it came to this one, there was just something that wasn't right, and it was taking forever. I wasn't getting the help I needed, getting the runaround, being told incorrect things, and it became really frustrating for me. Uh, to the point where someone had basically told me that there was no way that they could help me. Um, they don't know why I'm calling. She was really rude to me. And I think I was just emotional that day. Um, like us women get uh, around a certain time of the month. All right. And I started crying. <laughs> Hormones <laughs> started acting up, huh? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, hold on now. She was rude, but you got thick skin. Why are you crying? But I think, you know, for me, it's a buildup. And after a while of just trying, 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 doing my best and pushing and doing the right things and still being told no, rejected, I just got to that point where it was like, okay. So uh, I had literally, I let it go for like a couple weeks. I just needed a break from it. And one morning I got up and I said, God, I need you to send me an angel because I don't know any other way that this could work. Like, I'm going to tackle this again. I need you to send me an angel. and I need this to get done. Like, I need this to go through and be done. 
And I had not shared that with anyone. And I don't even think I said it out loud, but if I did, there was no one around me. I later that day received a call from SBA. And it was a lady <laughs> who said, uh, my name is Angela. I won't say her last name. My name is Angela. And um, she said, this is off the record. And I'm not kidding you. I remember I was sharing with someone like, mm-hmm. you'll never guess what just happened. She said, this is off the record. The Lord told me to give you a call. <laughs> As we say in the world of Christendom, look at God. All right. All right. And I'm like, you know, I, I forgot, you know, how sometimes you pray about things uh-huh. and you let it go. You just let it go. God's going to take care of it. I hadn't even thought about that prayer that morning when I said it. And this was afternoon. So I'm thinking, whatever. Who is this on my phone playing games, right? <laughs> Talking about God told me to call you. <laughs> right. God told me to call you. This is off the record. I'm like, okay. I said, all right, sure. What's going on, right? And so I'm thinking somebody's going to start laughing. Oh, this is prank your call. friend so-and-so. Right. And she said, um, well, yeah, so seriously, and I have your application number, 33-some-some-some- it really does start with three, three. And I was like, okay, this is for real because that sounds like my application number. I heard it and said it enough times to know. And she just goes right into it. And, and she says, you know, I'm going to start the recording on the call, but I just wanted you, before I do that, I just wanted you to know that God hears you and that he has been using me to help people who are being pushed under the rug and, um, overlooked and some other things she said. And she said, I've helped so many people and it's the Lord. She said, I wake up and God tells me what application to go to and who to help. Do you know, I started crying and now that was a time when the tears were warranted <laughs> and literally just balling out of control. Like, are you kidding me? God, I prayed this this morning and here we go. Do you know that paperwork was processed in two days? And it had been months of back and forth with SBA. It was processed in two days and I had no issues. She followed up with me. She, uh, off the record, shared some scripture with me and and told me that, you know, the Lord was saying this over my life. She gave me a prophecy that same day. Mm. It was so accurate. And I'm like, these are things that I've been talking to, to God about. And um, she didn't know me from Adam. So it was just that that's one situation where you know that this is God because you say nothing to nobody else. And look at what happened. Wow. And I can see how God is the one who has had the greatest impact on your life. And even with sharing that story, I can really see why. Mm -hmm. In your own Mm -hmm. words, your own words, tell us how your childhood impacted you and caused you to make choices and decisions 
that kept you from being mediocre? Mm. <laughs> mm. Wow. I love getting questions off the cuff because I, I'm able to give real answers. That's, a, that's what uh, we do here on, on Mr. Speaker Speaks. <laughs> you know, we we, we uh, have a real deep conversation. <laughs> right. Ooh. You know, I often think about that, believe it or not. Uh, I've recently learned about what uh, spiritual scholars, Christian scholars, rather, uh, referred to as the five talent individual that God created five talent people and those five talent peoples reference the the scripture in the Bible that talks about the one he gave five talents to and the other the the gifts right mm -hmm. and so you may have this many gifts you may have you may have five you may have three some had two some had one some some had none because they didn't do the right things with the ones they were given so it is interesting to learn that as of late because um my my counselor actually my therapist told me I was a five talent person and he just kept talking and I said will you go back what is that what is that you called me <laughs> It's like, you know, there are only few five talent individuals that God created. And these people have an ability and uh, like an innate and uncanny ability to uh, manage and balance multiple things and people and situations very well. And so what happens is um, like a quote Nick Saban says, the, the um the mediocre mediocre people don't dislike overachievers and I'm paraphrasing. Uh, and so the idea is such that a five talent person is like an overachiever, mm. but it's they're created that way. And they were gifted to be able to handle multiple things. They have just a I don't consider it as being better than someone else. Mm -hmm. It's that we are all created with different capacity levels. So my capacity is maybe at a higher level where I can manage um, when I when I had a husband and two kids and uh, a job, a full time job and a nonprofit and a business that I had with my husband at the time and uh, a social life. Uh, and friends and family and actually managed all that quite well, a home, the finances, all of that. Hmm. And would often be asked, well, how do you do all of this and still give everybody the time and attention that they need? And even now, I manage more than that. <laughs> Without the husband and the kids, I'm managing three, four, four businesses uh, a nonprofit organization, a talk show online, and uh, a very active social life, even outside of COVID or, or with COVID, um, definitely active outside of COVID, and so many other things. So the point is being able to do all those things is a God-given gift, and it's not anything that people can learn or pick up. You can learn to manage things better and do things better and use tools, but there's a certain capacity that you have that is just not going to change. And that's my belief. 
Uh, I don't think you can speed up your metabolism any more than you can allow yourself to manage um, multiple things at one time very well. And so no, no way that no more than you can increase your capacity level to manage things. Can you change your metabolism? Can you make yourself be somebody that you're not? Hmm. Um, so to answer your question, (laughs) (laughs) uh, the short of it is God created me that way. So the capacity that you had, capacity, the capacity that was God given dealing with the five T I'm going to call it that five, uh, the five T five talents, there, five talent individual mm-hmm. helped you to overcome that adversity that you share with regard to your, your growing up um, the challenges that you yeah. faced with your mother that described to me, did you realize you had that capacity at the time and, you know, going through, and being in that situation, uh, just share briefly that story um, that you share on, on your website, in your own words. Did you realize you had the capacity then in going through those hardships that allowed you not to be a statistic? Now, I will say that there were things that I was taught growing up that helped in that process, of course, right? Um, but you see that same resilience with, say, a drug dealer on the streets who was not taught, who was kind of left for for dead, and you kind of had to make your own way, that rough neck life, right? And you wonder, how are they so savvy? How do they know how to do this or whatever? So there is that still, it's in a a negative way that they're using that gift, but there's still that gift there that they were born with, um, that they just have over others, and you can tell the difference, but... Uh, there are definitely things I learned that I even taught my my bonus boys, um, raising them in pivotal years. It was uh, some simple stuff that you <laughs> you would never think you learn lessons from, but you do. Like um, my mother always had us clean a lot, and we cleaned on Sundays because we went to church on Saturday. We grew up Seven Day Adventists. Okay. And on Sunday, we would clean. And the cool thing about it is we got to play music all day, but uh, we hated cleaning. Uh, But we had a set time, a set day to clean, and it was a routine. Um, Within that routine, you had to focus on that project. And that project was your room, the kitchen, whatever the case. And you knew exactly what you had to do, how you had to do it, and it had to be done right. If it wasn't done right, she would come back and tell you how you didn't do it right and what you didn't do and how you needed to fix it. For me, that was my introduction to being a manager, a supervisor, uh, and an excellent worker. Those same uh, characteristics that I developed and the, the same things that she taught me, just even with cleaning alone, helped me in the workplace. So... I was able to and have been able to with my interns and staff teach them the same type of and and my bonus boys teach them the same type of um, things that you need to excel in the workplace and in your personal life because it makes a huge difference. You save time, money, effort, stress, and in turn, you save the company or the organization that same time, money stress and effort. So um, that's just a small thing, but it's a big thing. 
And it taught me really how to be disciplined and then how it's okay to correct the things that are, that are not right. And so a lot of times my work is done to perfection, but not with a, not with a, um, a paranoia. It's just innate to make things right. Hmm. That's powerful because we learn a lot of lessons, you know, just doing the simple things that we don't want to do, but our parents Mm -hmm. get us to do. You're listening to Mr. Speaker Speaks, the show that educates, stimulates, and rejuvenates your mind. My guest today that's speaking is Samantha Vance, mentor, entrepreneur, consultant, executive speaker, all around I'm just going to throw it out there. Proverbs 31 woman. Uh, your today's <laughs> show is brought to you by Program Success, your source for professional news and information. Um, Program Success spotlights the success of individuals who have excelled in their arenas of expertise in order to inspire, encourage, and enhance the lives of others aspiring greatness. More information is available at ProgramSuccess.net. Program Success, the name says it all. Early in life, we experience things that knock us down from the puppy love situation to something not going right in class, not being in the in crowd. When you look at your life, what would you say was your worst moment, but yet it was the best because it helped propel you into a better situation? Mm. That's good. There were a lot of challenges growing up. Uh, I had a really great mom who I still don't really realize how she did all the things that she did with, with, uh, again, it goes back to God. She's an FT. She's an FT for sure. Uh, But with all the things that she faced with her story, uh, being kidnapped as a child and raised by people who traveled with her and left her places where she was molested and, uh, then in turn, they stole her child from her, uh, my oldest brother. And uh, she's had a really hard life of abuse and all types of things, uh, physical abuse and marriages and what homelessness, uh, time she was pregnant with me and lack of. Uh, so we, of course, had it rough at times growing up and she did everything she knew to do. But there were times that um, she wasn't able to be there. She was working at 1.3 jobs, had no vehicle, and was riding her bicycle to all three of them. And actually, I've said that so many times before, but it brings tears to my eyes now just realizing how um, how hard of a worker she was. And I get a lot of, uh, of, of that from her. But uh, there were times when she wasn't there because she had to work so much. Those were really rough times for me. I was the only girl in the house. And uh, it was my brother and I, but he'd have his friends. And at some point later on, my eldest brother was found at when he was age 21, she found him uh, and he moved in with us. And so I was the only girl, but I would say prior to, uh, and my mother probably doesn't know this, um, haven't really shared this story much, but at the age of 12, I knew that I was different. I knew that I looked different from my mother and my brother. And people would always say, and they still do say, I look just like my mother. Um, 
but I felt different. Like her face is a different shape and her lips and her nose. And I just felt like, you know, she and my brother look more like I look different. I felt different. I felt like a black sheep, like I didn't belong in some spaces, not just in my family. Uh, and I wanted to commit suicide. I felt like I wasn't who I needed to be. And I really didn't know who that was. And I felt betrayed, like something wasn't right. Uh, like I was being lied to or, you know, how did I be adopted is what I would always think. I, I think I'm adopted and they're just not telling me. And that's not okay. And so that means somebody didn't want me potentially. And so I just felt like I didn't have a reason to live. Uh, the thing that stopped me was pretty often <laughs> for some weird reason, probably because she was in the spirit, my mother would tell us, if y'all ever, ever thought about killing yourself, I will kill. If y'all ever tried to kill yourself, this is what she said, if you ever tried to kill yourself, I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 that's that that's that happens in uh our ethnic group. <laughs> right. And so it would be like if you ever tried to kill yourself or if you ever killed yourself, I'll kill you. So I'm like, I would always think and I know the first time she said, I'd be like, Well mama, how could I, you know, how could you kill me if I kill myself already? You know, stuff like that. And, and she used to tell me to be quiet, just know you ain't going to be killing yourself or you ain't going to be trying to kill yourself. So I was afraid. I was actually afraid to even try to kill myself. <laughs> and so I had that thought of like, oh my gosh, mama's going to kill me if she finds out that I tried to kill myself. So, um, and of course she would not have literally killed me, but it's just the fear of yeah. God and me of the mother and that's really what stopped me. Um, so I decided, well, she can't kill me if I run away. She never said that. So I ran away from home. That was a whole big ordeal. But uh, I would say that that was one of the most challenging periods in my life between 12 and 13. Uh, and I think now that I'm a mentor uh, to young girls and a coach, I know how that feels to be within that age. That's that rough age where you're in a transitional period, um, going from middle school to high school, going from no boobs to boobs, <laughs> you know, no period to period. And it's just a lot going on, no acne or acne and no acting to acne and um, no boys to boys. It's just a, it's just a huge transitional period. And so the hormones are high. And um, I think that's why I'm able to relate to a lot of young women, because I'm able to tap back into that time. That was so difficult for me. How has mentoring helped you? Um, we often look at, you know, as being a mentor, you know, I'm going to help people get to a different level in their life, share my experiences. But how has being a mentor helped you and developed you more into who you are today? Being a mentor? Yes, being a mentor. Uh, being a mentor has helped me in a lot of ways. I think it just goes back to like being, uh, being born to give back. We are all born to give back. 
we are all supposed to help one another. And there is this unexplainable sense of satisfaction you get from giving. So I believe it's the same with mentoring. It's not a check that's being given. Uh, it's not my hands to the plow. It's not labor, but it's a labor of love in a different way. And that's still giving back. And when that happens, it changes something in you. It fulfills something in you. It enhances something in you. And I definitely believe knowing that you're impacting positively another life that can take this on and give it to someone else to pay it forward. There is a deeper level of satisfaction there that you may not even realize when you're doing it that taps into your soul. And so I think that legacy giving is what I would call it when you're mentoring is satisfying you more than you know. Being the only girl in the house, (laughs) (laughs) did that have, you know, any, let's see, how can I say this? Uh, Did that prompt you to really want to work with young girls being that and I'm looking at it and this is just me being all alone as the only one did that push you into say let me help work with young girls not to my knowledge uh, of, of you know there are things that we don't realize that are happening within us as to the reason we do certain things but so that could play a part but Uh, My aha moment in that was when I was 19 and I had an opportunity to volunteer at Boys and Girls Club. I need to speak for Boys and Girls Club, by the way, because I have given them a plug like three times this week in interviews. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm a Boys and Girls Club kid is what I keep saying. I don't know if they have a commercial on that, but they should they should brand that. Uh, So I'm a Boys and Girls Club kid. And uh, I knew that once I became of age that I would go back and help um, Boys and Girls Club kids as well. Like people came and did for me after school. So at age 19, I started, uh, I was living in San Francisco, Oakland at the time. And I decided that I would give back. So and one of the worst parts of San Francisco, I volunteered at the Boys and Girls Club Center. I actually sought out the worst part of the city. And I thought, you know, I went the bottom of the bottoms. Like we were, you know, we were rising bottoms, but we were still well on the totem pole. And uh, I thought I want them. And so I went to volunteer. I then uh, not only mentored young people, at a young age, I, uh, and I was just turned 20, actually, so 19, just turned 20, and uh, I knew then that young ladies were going to be a focus uh, just because I felt like they needed another young lady or becoming woman to help them um, feel like they weren't alone. So maybe it does go back to my childhood. But my aha moment was just, hey, I just want to give back to the place that gave to me. And the girls, you know, women are, we're special. We, uh, 
we like to, I think we need to help each other more, lift each other up more. And I've always been about that. So uh, I saw that in relationships with my mother growing up with her best friends who are my aunties. And, and with my best friends, we've always been lifted each other up since the seventh, eighth grade. So uh, for me, it was just a no brainer that I go help other young, young ladies. What's unique about the way you approach mentoring? Because a lot of people do it. There are a lot of different programs out there. But what's unique about your approach to mentoring, Samantha? I tell mentors who often struggle trying to find that sweet spot, that formula, rather, of getting answers and results with their mentees. I often tell them there is one key thing that I do and there is one phrase to remember. The one thing that I do is I tap into my younger self and I think back to, so really there are two things to remember. Remember and think back to when you were that age. We were all once teenagers. So a lot of times as adults, we forget. I used to be a teenager. We talk about teenagers like they're like they're aliens. <laughs> and if that's the case, you used to be an alien too. Yes, big time, big time. How quickly <laughs> so we I forget. I remind my parents of that. Right. I remind my parents and mentors and everyone of that. Like, you know, be a teenager as well you may not have done the, the same things but you may, you had friends who did or you knew other kids who did that's your kid or that's the kid you're dealing with uh so just think back to that time remember i used to be a teenager too and then once you get to that place you can navigate through the rest and, and try to relate to your current teen or tween the second thing to remember is a phrase. Young people want to be seen, felt, and heard. Young people want to be seen, felt, and heard. They want to know that they exist. A lot of times when suicide is in play, it's because you feel like you don't exist. Nobody notices you. And you hear kids saying that nobody notices me. That's the one thing where they don't feel, uh, the one area where they don't feel seen. They have to feel seen. Um, felt, meaning that their feelings matter. Many times parents will say, shut up, uh, go in your room. There is no conversation. I don't want to hear anything you have to say. It is not your time to talk. They don't get to, they don't get to feel. They don't get to have their feelings expressed and suppressing anybody like that, whether you're young or old is not a good outcome. The third one, feeling heard. They need to be heard. Everybody needs to be heard. Everybody has a voice. Think of the marches and the protests that we have out there and just over the years, many, many years, that things like that have been going on. Freedom of speech is is huge for a reason. 
because people want to be and need to be heard. So the same goes, if not more, for our young people. We need to give them spaces to have a voice so that they can speak. A lot of times they don't, they're not accepted to be heard because we, we as adults feel like they don't know anything. What, what can they possibly say that's going to help us? They have a lot to offer, a lot more than we think. And sometimes adults fear, they know that and they fear it because it's probably smarter than they are or they were at that age and they don't want to accept that. So remembering who you once were, that you were once a teenager and remember the phrase that young people need to be seen, felt, and heard. It's a lot to wrap your mind around. And that's kind of how I know I felt um, growing up. You know, you could look around, you could see, you can hear as a young person, you could analyze situations, but a lot of times people just wanted you to sit in a place and be quiet. And they didn't take what you had to bring to the table seriously. And I can say Mm -hmm. it hurts. And, you know, people find different ways to deal with that. But I am so glad that you reach out to young people to help them approach it in a positive way with positive results and great outcomes. Listening to you, Samantha, I can see and really hear that you are truly a woman of faith and you don't hide it. You make no excuses for it. And I applaud you for that and I commend you for that. And you love working with young women and, and youth and you're inspiring and motivating and you have some some deep stories that tug at the heart mm-hmm. of the listeners. What is the hardest part about what you do? Mm, I do a lot of things. (laughs) So there's a lot of hardship with every hat. If there was Uh, one central theme that ran across everything that you do, what would that be as far as the hardest thing? The hardest thing I would say is hmm, not having enough. And that could be not having enough or feeling like, let me say that, feeling like I'm not, I don't have enough. That could be not having enough time. There is enough time, but at times you feel like you don't have enough time, (laughs) enough resources, enough staff, uh, enough support from family, friends, uh, enough uh, attention in the sense of like with your nonprofit, there's not enough attention going to it. And so for nonprofits, you need people to need that exposure so people can support it. Uh, not enough support in in different and various areas, whether it's obtaining capital for a business or 
fund funds for uh, nonprofit or views for a talk show, right? It's just one thing after the next where support is needed. There's just always, there's always a need for something in business, uh, in the nonprofit world and in any area of life, there's always a need. So at times there could feel like there's just not enough. And I love the word you used. You said feeling like <laughs> there's not enough. You never said there wasn't enough, but you said feeling like there's not enough. And looking at where you are, I can see that feelings didn't stop you. How were you able or how are you constantly able to overcome those feelings that you don't have enough, but yet take action because action produces results, yet take action and use what you have? I think two things, one, recognizing possibilities and two, recognizing realities. There are possibilities all around the corner, up and down, in front of your eyes, on your nose, on your desk, whatever, however people say, whatever they say is just right there, right? It's under your eyes. <laughs> Opportunities are there. The possibilities are there. Uh, it's just finding them. It's, it's tapping into them. They're in your brain. They're in your body. Sometimes it's just moving to a different direction or, or moving your body. I actually had to take a, a walk today and I walked around downtown um, for maybe 30 to 45 minutes because my body needed, needed a walk. <laughs> and the answer for me to get to the next phase of the work I was doing was a walk. And so it could be as simple as that. A lot of times we have the possibilities right in front of us and at our um, at our at arm's length and at our disposal, and we don't take advantage of those. The second thing is um, recognizing the realities. The realities are what's in, what's what's really going on, what's really happening, and understanding that those realities can change the game, can make or break things. And a lot of times, people live in in false realities, they live in reality TV, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yes. Right? Oh, yes. And you're in this la-la land where you're not accepting what's real. When you accept what's real, you get the real. You get facts. You're not really able to have results when you don't deal with the real. You get, you, you can get results. They're fake results or bad results, but you get real results when you deal with the real, and that's recognizing reality. Wow. Tell us about your show, um, the one where you, interview, where you interview guests. Tell us about your show. Yes, my show uh, is called The Impact, and The Impact is about business, politics, and leadership. Uh, it's a show that helps people, excuse me, in their business careers and life uh, through our guests who share real raw stories from behind the scenes on uh, how they have overcome situations 
how they have um, become successful in their lives. So our first guest was Mayor Jeff Marks, uh, former mayor of Tallahassee. Uh, we still have Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms on tentatively. Uh, and our second guest was Senator, uh, Georgia State Senator Sonia Halpern. Uh, our next guest, which is this Sunday show, is uh, Mrs. Sabrina Samuels, lifestyle uh, and etiquette coach. I call her the etiquette guru. <laughs> uh, and Upcoming, we have a couple celebrity chefs who are um, also restaurant owners and um, one who has 45 plus restaurants internationally, nationally. And, uh, yeah, so just a great, great lineup of folks who are successful, very highly successful, who uh, can share some of those things that, that they've gone through behind the scenes to help people overcome in their business career and life. And where can your show be accessed so that they can listen to how a professional does all the interviewing, being on the other side of the mic? <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a professional, honestly. <laughs> the show just fell in my lap and I said okay to it. Uh, but I'm glad I did because it's been really helpful for people. And they can watch it on YouTube uh, through my YouTube channel, Samantha Impacts, and uh also on the Impact Facebook page. And we go live on every other Sunday, which is this Sunday uh, at 2 p.m. Eastern time. We go live on YouTube and Facebook. So go to Facebook and like the Impact page or uh, catch us on, on YouTube. And you can find out a whole lot more about my guest today, Samantha Vance, uh, going to her website at samanthavance.com. That's Samantha advance.com have the pleasure of speaking with a motivator an entrepreneur oh my goodness so much going on mm -hmm. where what does life look like for you three years from now oh I, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what life looks like three hours from now i know i'm gonna be still at my desk working Hopefully, but I could get called out of here. So, you know, just things, things, things happen. God has his way in my life. Uh, so if you had asked me, if you had asked me uh, six months ago, if I'd be doing a, a online talk show, I would say, oh, no, nah, not my, not my area. And uh, a book, I had been working on a book, but if you asked me if I released a book, uh or would release a book this year, I'd say no, especially not in January. And uh, so I don't know. I do have some things. I do have some big things in, in the works. Uh, I would love to be um, a mom to my own children that I've birthed <laughs> three, three years from now. I'd love to be a wife again. I'd love to uh, be uh, an executive uh, still and, and, and working for um, a company that I've longed to work for for some time, which is Google, and uh, still consult and have my business as well, um, mainly run by other people, not me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and still have a book, maybe another book. Uh, those are just some of the things, but um, I am totally open to God having his way. What do you enjoy most 
about what you do. So many things to choose from. It's like a smorgasbord, uh, you know, the buffet. You got so much going on. But what do you enjoy most about what you do, Samantha? I'm going to give you a cheat answer. If you don't want this, then just tell me, give me a, give me a better answer than that. (laughs) (laughs) My cheat answer is being able to go to the beach when I want, because I love being on the beach. So I know like, that's not what you're looking for, but that's the first thing I thought of that my schedule and my life allowed me to hit up the beach when Samantha feels like she needs to be on the beach. And at times I'll take my laptop and I'll do some work and, you know, it's just a day trip, but um, I, I love being able to do that. Yeah. And of course, helping, helping families and, and girls. Yeah. I'm going to do the old family feud. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it, and it really is because what it demonstrates to, to us is having control somewhat when I say control, being able to manage your time the way you want to use it. That is powerful because a lot of people don't have that ability or they're not in a place in their life where they can do that. And once God allows you to get to that place to where you can pick and choose and set aside time, that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. because time is a valuable resource so it wasn't a it it was a good answer it was a good answer <laughs> it was a good answer is there anything else because i have maybe a couple more questions i want to is there anything that you want to share with my audience today about who you are what you do where you want to go is there anything that i didn't put on the table what would you like, like them you to know I feel like you covered everything personal and business and uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to add. I feel like uh, after listening to this, if people made it all the way to the end, (laughs) they know a lot about me. (laughs) They know a lot, but share one thing that you, you know, people wouldn't know unless you told them like right now, something good, something that you don't mind sharing. What is one interesting fact about Samantha that the average person would not know? I like, Oh, I said this in one of my other interviews. Um, So I was going to tell you that I like applesauce on my hash browns. Okay. (laughs) but (laughs) That's interesting. I'll tell you this one. Okay. I like to eat baby food. Plums and peaches are my favorite. Are you serious? I am so serious. Not the go- and hot too. You got to put it in the microwave. The Gerber in the glass little bottle. Yep. Put it in the microwave. Heat it up. To me, it's just like a flavored applesauce. I'm gonna have to go old school. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. That's, a, that's old school. I'm serious. I'm oh, serious. oh, my goodness. My goodness. Wow. You know, Samantha, <laughs> it has truly been a pleasure having you on to speak with the audience today and share the insight, insight about who you are, what makes mm-hmm. you tick, finding out about <laughs> Samantha at the core. Here's my final question. Before we end today, we all have a purpose 
and a destiny. Um, Whether or not we choose to fulfill it, to listen to God, to do it, we all go through life. At the end of the day, things come to an end. But we look back over our lives and we say, wow, I wish I would have done that. I should have done that. Samantha, when it's all said and what's brought you to where you are now, what matters most to Samantha Vance? Life. Not just my life, but the life of others, lives of family, friends. Life is really precious. We've seen so many around us leave us. And uh, that's what matters to me most. Powerful. Samantha, I am just so glad I got to know you. I am so glad that you accepted the invitation to be on Mr. Speaker Speaks. I pray for your success and all that you do. Um, And if there's anything that I can ever help you with, please ask Mr. Speaker, because if I can do it, I will. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me and allowing me to speak and share my story and who I am. All right. Well, guess what? You all heard it right here on the show that educates, stimulates, and rejuvenates your mind. You were able to hear from Samantha Vance right here on Mr. Speaker Speaks. Well, this show comes to an end. But remember, check me out at VincentTEdwards.com. Join the online community at VincentOnDemand.com. Remember, life is all about purpose. And the question becomes, do you know yours? And all that you do, be magnificent. Until next time, be good, be blessed, but most of all, be a blessing to someone.